Welcome to Ecosystems for Change, where we co-author the playbook on transforming communities by amplifying the impact of changemakers around us. Whether you are an entrepreneur or otherwise changemaker yourself, a citizen who loves their community with a passion and wants to see it thrive, whether you are a mentor, investor, support organization, advisor, philanthropic funder, economic developer, or policymaker, Learn the practical tools and proven tactics of ecosystem builders from all around the world to better support the dreamers, doers, tinkerers, and makers in your community by taking a systems approach to social change. I'm your host, Annika Horn. Welcome to my second logbook, an in-between seasons update on what's been going on behind the scenes of the show and in my work in the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia. And every now and then I sprinkle in a few observations from the field of ecosystem building here in the U.S. In between seasons, I love giving you a little sneak peek into what I have planned over the coming weeks and how you can get involved. Let's do it. Since March 2022, when I shared my last logbook, I have stayed busy. In my job as Director of Ecosystem Building, I have started to rally the Shenandoah Valley Entrepreneurial Ecosystem. As a total newbie to the area, this has been a great and somewhat humbling experience. After four years of research and content creation, I love working in the field again. I've had the chance to hear firsthand how local entrepreneurship champions, advocates, and supporters view their communities in the Valley and how they value local startups, small businesses, mom-and-pop shops, and everything in between. At the end of April, we convened for half a day to talk about what the ecosystem could look like and how we might want to tackle such a region-wide effort. You can read all about these efforts in my recent blog post over at SCCFVA. I'll put the link in the show notes for you. Fortunately, both season one and two of this podcast helped me prepare for what I'm doing now. One of the key lessons from season one was when you're just starting out, begin with one-on-one -on -one relationships and building trust. I met with over 20 ecosystem accomplices since I started this role to hear about their past efforts, unique challenges, and hopes and dreams for the region. The conversations in season two taught me to get more comfortable with not knowing the outcome ahead of time. Not being able to set a goal and reverse engineer the whole process is incredibly uncomfortable for a planner and perfectionist like myself. But thanks to two months worth of learning about complex adaptive systems, I was able to bring stakeholders to the table and start by simply mapping out the assets that they have access to. Now we're figuring out what can emerge from that. I know that the only way to drive change from the grassroots up is to let the systems and the players within them do their thing and trust that by setting the right conditions, something new and valuable will emerge. We shall see. Obviously, with every season of this podcast, I also learn a lot more about the art of podcasting. My most memorable episode in season two was my conversation with April Rennie. If you've listened to it or read April's book, you know that she talks a lot about thriving in constant change and keeping an open mind. And what can I tell you? During our recording, she got to practice what she preaches right away. My four-year-old daughter came storming into my office after school, blue tutu and everything. I was in the middle of a super deep conversation with April and I had no way of sending her back to the house because my office is separate and she really just wanted to hang out. You hopefully didn't hear this because my producer Sean worked his magic, but in the original version of that episode, she is messing around in the background like little children do, flushing a toilet, disassembling my letterboard and shuffling her papers around. 
fun times, friends. We will see what surprises season three has in store for us. In my last logbook in March 2022, I mentioned that I was co-host of the Startup Champions Network Summit in the Raleigh-Durham Triangle area here in North Carolina in early April. For those of you who don't know, Startup Champions Network is a US-wide network of professional entrepreneurial ecosystem builders. We convene twice a year to explore a mid-sized ecosystem of one of our members. Think of it as a live case study. There we learn from each other, upskill and support each other in what we're doing. I grabbed a few of the attendees during the conference to hear about their experience of the event and as newcomers to the field of ecosystem building. My apologies to your eardrums since we recorded this in some loud, wild, and shall we say authentic places. First up, meet Dr. Amy Beard from Florida. She's a PhD chemical engineer and an ecosystem builder with the Florida High Tech Corridor. When did you first realize that you're an ecosystem builder? So I, I learned through others that are doing this work, primarily, um, including you, Annika, um, and, and others uh, around the world who are trying to make a difference in their community. And I think I sort of learned through, through pain in some ways, just struggling to really um, you know, make a career for myself, not think I was crazy, and kind of continue just the hard work of, of helping my community. And so it was really through that sort of discomfort and frustration that I started seeking who, who else out there is doing this and what models are they using and what works. Um, and so that's how I, how I came upon it and discovered it. And then I just wanted to be in connection here with everyone who's also doing this. What is ecosystem building to you? To me, it's really, it's really about um, needs and opportunities, solving problems um, through collaboration together. Um, so really looking at communities, understanding deeply what their needs are, um, and then partnering together uh, with kind of a shared common vision of where we're going um, to solve problems that we can't solve one person at a time, and it really takes collective action and collective community to, to solve together to make a difference. What are some of the challenges that you're up against in your home ecosystem? So one of the challenges I see is that we have all the resources in our community, but people are so busy um, kind of trying to execute on their own vision that they don't often have time to kind of look across and see what others are doing and how we can complement each other. Um, and so I see one of our sort of goals and challenges and opportunities as, you know, really understanding better what each other does um, and creating that common vision together for where we want to go and how each person within the ecosystem can help fulfill that vision. So it's not that we don't have resources because we, we have plenty, um, but it's more interconnecting them. What do you want to learn more about? What is it about ecosystem building that doesn't make sense, that's really hard, that's kind of nebulous for you? I'm an empathetic person, and so I, I do a lot of my work based on one-on-one -on -one relationships, but I also realize there's only so many of us to go around. And so understanding better that scalability piece of how do we make 
without cloning people, how do we, you know, really amplify and duplicate our impact? Um, and so that's something I've been exploring a lot over the last year is just how do we take the concepts and the support structures that we know work, but scale them and make them impact more people. Anything else that I should have asked you that I didn't ask you? Uh, I think one of the things that I'm really passionate about is um, helping people who haven't historically been included in STEM careers be included. So women, uh, people of color, I've even been exploring a little bit of entrepreneurship and neurodivergence mm -hmm. and the correlation between those. Um, and I think there's really interesting things that happen when we include people who haven't been a part of these ecosystems. Um, and I just look forward to doing more of that kind of work. Lauren Mathena is not new to ecosystem building, but she's a fellow Virginian, and it was the first time that she and I had a chance to chat one-on-one. -on -one. Listen to what Lauren had to say. All right, we are here in a, what is this, a craft space? <laughs> An art lab, that's right. And I pulled uh, Lauren Mathena out of the conference to play hooky with me just for a minute, because I'm really curious to hear what it's like going from, I think I'm an ecosystem builder, to spending three days with other ecosystem builders. What was that experience like? Right. I attended this, the Startup Champion Summit in March 2020 and felt very much like a fish out of water with all of the terminology and the language. And that was a very different conference because the pandemic was beginning. Um, what I saw there was the leadership of Startup Champions Network mobilizing before my eyes to create uh, support networks that helped to carry a lot of people through their continued work through the pandemic. So returning here now felt like significant to me personally because it has been two very difficult years and it's been two years of work in Southern Virginia where we're trying to launch our regional ecosystem building initiative, which is the infrastructure that helps support all of the entrepreneurial support organizations who support the entrepreneurs. So I guess I, I've been adopting that identity and the term, but it does, it feels more real and authentic because the nature of this particular summit was so authentic. I think that is a reflection of the changes that have happened in our culture in the past two years and the racial and social reckonings that have happened and that are continuing to happen in our work is so directly interrelated with that. And so I think this summit has done an incredible job of tying in who we are as whole people um, into the work that we do. So. We can draw that timeline from March 2020 to now, but also just based on your experience in Virginia, what does it mean to you to be an ecosystem builder? How do you explain ecosystem building to those who don't know what that is? I work for a middle mile fiber network that is infrastructure, and so that helps me from the sense of why I and my role am doing ecosystem building. I say that you know, parallel to how NBC has created this middle mile open access fiber network, through our nonprofit, the SOVA Innovation Hub, and our partnerships with Longwood and with Go Virginia and with Microsoft and many others, we're now looking to help support the building of the, the infrastructure to support small business and entrepreneurs of all types. And so there are various pieces, but it is fragmented. Um, there's many localities within our region, so different areas are further along and more mature in their ecosystem building. So for me, it means 
breathing slowly and deeply, right? And listening and learning always, but it's, um, to me, to be an ecosystem builder, it is a, this is a, is teamwork, economic development overall is teamwork, but ecosystem builders have to have an, a self-awareness. Um, we talk about EQ in work, but this profession particularly demands a higher level of EQ than what I could have, I didn't know what I was getting myself into when I began this job four years ago, but, um, and the, the role of ecosystem builder, though it's beyond a job, it, in some senses, I, I think it, it's much like leadership overall. Like our, our leaders born or made, our ecosystems born or made, we all come with our particular strengths and traits, and it is um, opportunities like this summit that allows us to look at how do you sharpen your skills and how do you look at your unique life experiences and strengths and weaknesses and get better at what we can each contribute to the ecosystem and to this field. So much fun. So much fun. I couldn't agree more. What are some of the questions you're still grappling with? What stuff is still hard and sticky and gives you anxiety, pain, or trepidation? All of it, um, you know, we, part of this conference included a conversation about decolonizing wealth, and that's a book and a movement and an entity, but as a phrase and as a concept, it's not one that we talk about very often or very well, and so it's a matter of, you know, educating ourselves so that we can facilitate conversations that hopefully will be beneficial to all of the communities that we want to serve. So I know that I grew up 75% white, 25% Asian, grew up in a community that is very white and black with various other minority populations, but not a lot of just kind of other where I moved through the systems of middle to upper class white communities. And Reflecting on my hometown of the city of Danville and Pennsylvania County specifically, um, which is a large part of the region that I now serve, just recognizing that we all have our own lived experiences and that if entrepreneurs are of all types, they're all people there among us. Like just being able to think like this work requires us to appreciate other people as people, which is in American society, we have. Uh, evolved to like to not do that so well so yeah it is it is a little bit like how to be a better human in every single day and how to give each other grace because um we're all just you know bringing different parts of ourselves to our zoom call or to our meeting or to our coaching session or whatever it may be um so trying to be patient and kind to each other i think is 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 what we all need to do but um, yeah, the issues around around equity and how we even begin those conversations in certain parts of our country, including where I live and work, I believe, are, are very critical. But I know that it's not all on me. I know that I'm one person who has come to get this information and knowledge and skills and how we can just continue to build a bigger collaborative because there is this massive amount of, we keep calling it work, but it's, I wish there was a better word for that. I think we use work because we don't have another word for it, but 
we are trying to make a better world. I think we are. It's like systems change and we're doing our little part. Well, thank you for bringing your whole self and best self to these events and to the work you're doing. Thank you. Lastly, meet TJ Wright. I mentioned in my last logbook that some crazy group in Indiana had leveraged this very podcast show to hire an ecosystem builder. Hear what TJ has to say. I am sitting here in a very dark secret auditorium at the SCN Summit and snuck in here with TJ. TJ, tell us who you are and how you found your way to SCN. So my name is TJ Wright. I am a, I call myself a synergy architect and I am based out of Indianapolis, Indiana. I got connected to SCN through, well, one, your podcast, but also through my predecessor, Julie Heath, who's amazing. The funny story, if I can share, is, um, so I had to listen to your podcast for my interview. (laughs) It was part, and I only had to listen to episode one, but I ended up listening to the whole season, the, the whole first season. Me and Julie were just going back and forth, and she's really my professional soulmate. And so I got the job, and part of my negotiation when I got the job is, you're going to pay for me to go to this conference. (laughs) I want to go to this conference. I want to learn. I want to connect with other people who can also tell me I'm not crazy, because I love Julie, but she does it a lot, and I want to kind of spread the wealth. (laughs) So... I love to do the work that I'm doing right now. I am the um, first black and LGBTQ executive director of the Speakeasy, which is Indiana's first co-working space ever. Um, We went from a $100,000 investment from our mayor's office to generating well over $100 million from the companies that have started out of the Speakeasy. Hundreds of jobs have been created, um, and we're still trucking along. So now that we are at this new place in our juncture, I feel my role is to redefine how we say entrepreneurship, redefine what does it mean to be an entrepreneur or to be entrepreneurial? What does it mean to show up with an entrepreneurial spirit in the workplace, in a traditional space, in education, in community building, in food service, in uh, criminal justice? All of these issues require an entrepreneurial approach, and I feel it's my job as a thought leader leading an organization that's been a thought leader in this space for a long time to ask that question, to hold folks to the fire, which is kind of what I specialize in, and really creating relationships out of siloed, just siloed structures. I've always been a person who found that it was necessary to push the status quo. I've always been a person who I got chills when someone would say, oh, that's just the way we've always done it. Oh, it would make me, I would get physically ill. (laughs) And then it got to a new term. Well, that's not in our wheelhouse. And it makes, it just, oh, it gives me a cramp. And I feel that what I do and what I continue to do and what is really my divine calling is to press against that and to be an organizer and to be a systems thinker in spaces where that is so significantly lacking. So that's what I do. Let me just say first off, when I heard that the podcast was used for job interviewing. <laughs> I That was a whole new level of pressure I wasn't aware of. So I'm really glad to hear that it worked out and we pulled you in. Now, you've been diving really deep into ecosystem building within the last few weeks. That you're Now that you're like three days intensive 
training and surrounding with ecosystem builders. To you, what does it mean to build an ecosystem? Um, then the first seven days of my job, I had eight different conversations with BIPOC founders. All of them were incredibly stressed out, incredibly burnt out, all different spectrums. We have some who have been doing this work unpaid, married, straining their relationships for three years. And then you have very new entrepreneurs who also have the added layer of being on a work visa and how to navigate that and needing immigration support. And so the, the burnout varies from different different areas because this work is hard. Um, and when I told them, I looked them in the eye and I said, this work is lonely, but it does not require you to be alone. And I, I drill, drilled that in with them. And that's what I'm here for. That's my job as your resource. That's my job as your champion, your cheerleader, your connector, all the C's. <laughs> and that's what I feel is the job of ecosystem builders on a greater scale, to do that not only for the entrepreneur, to tell them you don't have to be alone as an entrepreneur, you don't have to be alone as a city county counselor, you don't have to be alone as a policy writer, you don't have to be alone as a community foundation. Let's do this work together because that's what this requires. Institutions are not ran by one person. They're ran by hundreds of people and not just the people in the building. I like to say there are people in the room, people in the building and people on the street and all of them run institutions, companies, agencies, foundations. And it is simply not possible. We are not, humans don't even work this way. <laughs> it is not possible for us to do that work alone. So let me help you. Let me connect you. Let me open your mind to new experiences, to new perspectives. Let me challenge the ones that you have. Let me bring you into a space of awareness around any biases you may hold. And let's move past whatever barriers seem stonewall. And let's move into a space of true synergy. Because that's what moves us closer and closer to the type of America that we want. If you want to come join the next Startup Champions Network Summit, I think it's a brilliant opportunity to meet fellow ecosystem builders in real life and dive into the deep end of this community. We are headed to Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas sometime in October-November of 2022. And if you listen to my conversation with Darlisa Dills of the North Texas Entrepreneurship Training and Resource Center in Season 1, you already have a sense for what you can expect. Apart from gearing up for the SCN Summit in Texas, I have a few other exciting developments that I want to share. As far as my day job goes, we are gearing up for our inaugural Shenandoah Valley Entrepreneurship Summit in mid-September. I am super excited to help curate a day and a half of programming that helps local entrepreneurs and those who might one day become one connect with their peers, meet the ecosystem, and learn actionable skills to move their ventures forward. As far as this podcast goes, I can't wait to share season three with you. The mental and emotional toll that ecosystem builders experience has been a bit of a red thread through every conversation on this show so far. When asked what guests need to do this work sustainably, they all hinted at the challenges they face in drawing and upholding boundaries, ensuring they're not burning the candle on both ends, and leading a happy, healthy, and sustainable lifestyle. Which is why I believe Season 3 will not only be relevant to ecosystem builders, but to anyone who works to make a difference in the world. So go tell your friends. 
I'll be taking August off from the show to settle into our new home and get ready for the Shenandoah Valley Entrepreneurship Summit. My husband, who is an academic, will travel most of the summer and begin commuting to Canada for the fall semester, so I need to make sure I rest and recharge a little before the fall. But do not despair. Season 3 will carry us through June and July, and Season 4 is already in planning stages, coming at you in the fall. Now we come to the most important and personally my favorite part of this logbook. Let's talk about how you can get involved in this show. Ecosystems for Change is an ecosystem, and you can become a part of it by listening, sharing it, and even by engaging in the conversation. In preparation of Season 3, I hosted a community conversation to find out how you were faring mentally and emotionally. Based on what I heard, I invited a handful of practitioners who I believe can help us figure out how to take better care of ourselves and each other. As we go through this next season, I would love to hear from you. What are you experiencing as you listen? What resonates? What do you want to challenge? What are you struggling with when it comes to burning the candle on both ends? I would love to hear from you as we journey through season three together. Simply go to speakpipe.com slash burnbothends and record a 90-second message. I'll put the link in the show notes. I'm so excited to have these two-way conversations with you and learn more about what keeps you up at night. Lastly, I've been wondering how to get these conversations in front of the right people. Who needs to hear this podcast? Who needs or wants to learn more about taking a systems approach to social change? And who in your personal and professional networks would benefit from season three as we talk about self-care and well-being for changemakers? Every fortnight, I send out a lovingly curated newsletter announcing new episodes and sharing a lot of additional materials and resources. Sign up, forward it, and most importantly, please, please, please share this show with those in your world who you think would benefit from listening. Thank you. I'll see you in two weeks when we kick off season three. Until then, remember that what you do matters. A special thank you to Dr. Amy Beard, TJ Wright, and Lauren Mathena for playing hooky with me at the Startup Champions Network. I can't wait to have you on the show for more conversations. I pay my respect to the traditional custodians of the land on which I work and live, the Tuscarora, Shokori, Soponi Okanichi, Lumbi, and Ino people. I recognize their continuing connection to land, water, and community. I pay respect to elders past, present, and emerging. This episode was produced by Yellow House Media. 